Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intent that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. Jessica Buchanan was an American aid worker in East Africa. She was there to teach children how to avoid the dangers of their war-torn nation of Somalia, especially how to avoid landmines. But while traveling, she and another aid worker were kidnapped by local criminals and held for ransom. She was held outside in the cold and rain. She was beaten, often denied water, only fed every few days, and then only a small can of tuna fish and a crust of bread. Her captors made videos of her, and in the last one, three months after she had been kidnapped, she explained that she was very ill and thought she would not survive much longer. Hope of seeing her husband and family again were almost gone. But just a few nights later, the darkness was shattered by gunfire and explosions. Her first thought was that she would be killed in the sudden attack. But then Jessica struggled to understand what was happening and why the men around her knew her name and spoke with American accents. An hour later, she was on a helicopter being given food and water and medicine. She was soon reunited with her husband and family. Jessica was safe. Jessica had been rescued by a group that was later identified as U.S. Navy SEALs. They had parachuted two miles from where Jessica was being held, then ran in the dark to find her. She never saw their faces or learned their names. It is hard to imagine what Jessica went through. It is hard to imagine how alone she felt under the desert sky night after night and how the hunger and thirst had taken her strength. Most of all, how powerless she must have felt being held captive by some of the very same children she had come to help. While it is hard to place ourselves in that desert with Jessica, the feelings of being surrounded by those that are hostile, the feeling of being powerless to change the circumstances or to end the nightmare has many analogs. People have been trapped or lost. Many have found themselves victims of violence or hate. The Bible tells us about one such individual and how she responded in her rescue. The book of 1 Samuel opens with the story of a woman named Hannah. To appreciate the story of Hannah, we need to place ourselves back in Palestine 3,000 years ago and in the culture of the day. Hannah had not been able to have a baby. Hannah was married to a man named Elkiah, and his other wife, Paniah, had borne him many sons and daughters. Even though Elkiah loved Hannah, she was heartbroken because she had no children. Not only that, but she was being bullied by Paniah. The harassment and heartbreak went on for years and years. It was so bad that Hannah had quit eating. In desperation, Hannah went to where the high priest was and began to pray. She made a vow that if God would grant her a child, she would see that he would be dedicated to the work of God. This is from the first chapter of 1 Samuel. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, 
If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. Hannah was pouring out her heart to God and was asking for relief. She refers to the God of heaven as the Lord of hosts, or the commander of a vast army. In that image of a great number, Hannah is asking for just one, a child of her own. She makes a vow of dedicating the child to God's service from birth. The passion and desperate plea of her silent prayer was so emotional that the high priest, when he saw her, thought she was intoxicated. But Hannah explained what she had promised and why. Eli, the high priest, told her to go in peace. By the next year, God had responded to Hannah's prayer, and she had given birth to a son that she named Samuel. Samuel would play a role in the lives of the first two kings in Israel, King Saul and later King David. It is that history of that period that is recorded in the books of First and Second Samuel. But we are not looking specifically at the storied life of Samuel, but at the later prayer of his mother, Hannah. From chapter 2. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there was no one beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and with him actions are weighed. The story of Jessica Buchanan was not known to the public right away. Negotiations for her release had been conducted in secret, but had not been successful. Her illness prompted the president to order her rescue, and the secrecy of the operation was vital to its success. However, after being rescued, Jessica has been open in her praise of the SEALs for saving her life. She has spoken openly of their willingness to risk their lives to save hers. She has helped raise funds for the families of the SEAL team members that have been hurt or killed in the line of duty. She continues to speak of the gift they gave her, the gift of being able to see her husband, to see her father, and to have a chance to raise a family of her own. Hannah, in her prayer of gratitude, pours out her heart to say, My God is the one that deserves the praise, and I will tell everyone, even my enemies, of the kindness and compassion of the God of heaven. She speaks of the uniqueness of God and uses an image that would have been familiar to King David when he spoke of God as a rock that provides shelter and safety. Many times in the Bible, they speak of faith and its role in the relationship between God and man. It is a term that is often misunderstood. But understanding the history and the story of Hannah can help shed some light on the greater understanding of this word, faith. 
Everything she did was centered on her confidence in God, long before she realized she was pregnant. She was near the place of the high priest because they were there to worship. She was in distress and yet turned to the God that had been the Savior of her people countless times. She looked back at that history and knew that God had answered prayers in the past. She relied on those promises and examples of rescue. She did not want to be selfish in her desire. Her request simply to bear her husband a child and fulfill what she saw as her role in his life and in the life of the community. She wanted to experience the joy of holding that small infant in her arms. She pledges to dedicate the child to God's service, and she followed through with that pledge. And when she recognized that she had been blessed with a child, she turns in praise and gratitude. One way of describing all of this is faith. Listen again as Hannah expresses God's place in her life and in her heart. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and with him actions are weighed. So, how do we have faith like Hannah? First, we need to know and understand the history of the Bible enough to see that many times God has blessed his people. The Bible story shows how God keeps his promises and hears the prayers of his people. We can learn that God has promised to provide us with a salvation that goes far beyond Hannah's request. It is a salvation that allows us to no longer fear death. But do we act in confidence and faith? Hannah and her husband were worshiping, following the commands that God had given to their people. Not just a general concept of worship, but fulfilling the letter of the commands. Notice in her prayer that she says, For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and with him actions are weighed. Our actions need to reflect the dedication that we profess. A role that Hannah's son would play in the history of Israel was important interactions with the first king, a man named Saul. One of those interactions happened when Saul failed to follow what God had told him to do. Saul ignored the specifics and did things the way he wanted to. God's response through Samuel was to declare, I have rejected Saul as king. God has given us specifics that he demands we fulfill and honor. Like Hannah, we need to understand those demands and put effort and focus into fulfilling those demands exactly as God has given them. To make general claims of faith in God, but yet ignore those specific commands, means our words of faith are in vain. Like Jessica Buchanan, we need to be rescued as well. But only the Holy One of God can rescue us from the tyranny of death, the one that was raised from the dead. 
The resurrection of Jesus is the promise of God that we too can defeat death. Like Hannah, we need to look back and see the promises of God fulfilled and know that he will not forget us. We need to have the kind of faith that keeps the words and commandments of God in all of their power and holiness. We need to fulfill our vows of devotion to the cause of God. Hannah's prayer celebrates her rescue. Let's realize and celebrate our rescue as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening. 